video game music. This is Progress Bar. Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. My name is Anthony Shelton. Please join the chat. You can join the chat at Spreaker.com where you can use TuneIn Radio's chat box. Give me your thoughts on anything gaming related. Go ahead, just start chatting up in there. Let me know you're here. Anything related to video games that you've seen, that you've heard. Go ahead, slap it in that chat. Give me something to react to. Alright, there's a lot of criticism in games. I admit. I criticize a lot on this show. I do. I try to give credit where credit is due. If a game deserves praise, then I'm going to give it praise. If it doesn't, then, you know, I'm going to question a whole lot of stuff and I'm going to criticize it. I think that's normal. I think that's okay. But sometimes you just got to straight up give accolades, period. I was reading the latest Game Informer magazine and one of the articles gives this pretty good expose on the development of Fallout 4. Fallout 4 comes out, I think, next Tuesday. I think Call of Duty comes out Friday. And, yeah, I think Fallout 4 comes out Tuesday. So, you know, just in time for Fallout 4. They got this long expose. It's not the cover, but they still give some pretty good words for Fallout 4 in the development. As you know, it was seven years in development after they finished uh, Skyrim. You know, they got work they got working on a Fallout 4. And it's just cool to see the type of detail that they put into the game. They talk about choosing the setting, what's where do they want to put it? They want to put it in a big city, but which one, which one would reflect the values that they want a consistency? that they've had with Fallout would be a great place for, you know, post-apocalyptical type of was a n- nuclear nightmare type of stuff. They chose Boston. You know, they talk about the unique challenges that they had to go through with it. It was just a really cool read. It's just like, man, like these guys really tried to put time and effort into making sure Fallout 4 comes out good. Now, at the end of the day, we got to see what the final product is. But, I mean, if we keep it real, we know the developers put time and effort into the games that they create, most times. You could argue, you know, Tony Hawk 5, for example, eh, I know they put work into it, and I'm not going to bash that work, but man... Have you seen the detail on any other games in the last, I don't know, decade? Usually when a game is in development for a long time, you could predict that it's going to have good outcome. Why? Because the developer got the time that they wanted to spend on it. Look at Metal Gear Solid Five. It took a long time. Lots of money. 
to be developed, but at the end of the day, it came out really good. I haven't heard one bad thing about the Fans of Pain. Nothing. There's been people who have, they're kind of in the middle about it, but nobody's been like, this is a terrible game. I don't know why they spent so long on this game. It is trash. You got some games that have spent a very long time in development, like Duke Nukem. But that's for a variety of reasons. Developers change, staff change, visions change, all that kind of stuff. That just goes through a cycle and a process that just sends the game into development hell. So that's not necessarily the fault of the game per se. But most times you look at companies that traditionally have long development cycles like Bethesda. I mean, you know they're going to put out work. There, I think there was a story, somebody said, but this is like the Pixar video games. Why? Because they take their time with this stuff. They do a really good job. Again, we have to wait till the final product. And usually, Bethesda games do have a lot of bugs when they launch. But they make huge games. And at some point, they have to bite the bullet and say, we're going to release this game. The nice thing about Bethesda and the thing that makes everybody so confident that Fallout 4 is going to come out and it's going to be really good is the fact that they have control over their development. Like you look at games like Duke Nukem and some of the other games that have been thrown into development hell. And it's like there's no control over it. What was that? I think Aliens. That was another one. The one Gearbox put out. Another horrible game. Just went through development hell. Why? There's no control over development. In the article, they talk about the things that they want to put in. And having the control to say, nah, alright, we're not going to do that. I think when they were talking about putting in the whole, uh, for lack of a better word to put it, the whole weapon bench type of stuff where you can customize everything. They were thinking about taking that out. They were like, if there's no time for that, then that's the first thing we're going to scrap. For sure. Because it was so ambitious for them. But they found the time to do it. And hopefully it works really well. Hopefully it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, well we found time to do it, but we kind of shoehorned it in. But it sounds like they really took the time to make sure these things work really well. And when you spend seven years on something that you enjoy and only add eight people to your development team, I got high hopes. I've never played any of the Fallout games. I have them all. I just haven't had the time to play them. Those are long games. I don't have the time right now to sink into them. But I'm really looking forward to this one. I want to play it. I hope it's good. But sometimes you just got to give credit even before a game is out because you know they put time into this. They really want people who play this to enjoy it, to love it. And I can appreciate that. In my ideal world, that's how I wish every game was created. Not that every game needs a seven-year development cycle. I'm not suggesting that. But that every game takes the time that they need. 
because you got your Call of Duties, and they come out solid. They do. For the amount of time that they have to make those yearly releases, they come out pretty solid. Sans Assassin's Creed Unity. But for the most part, they come out pretty solid. But still, I gotta give kudos to how I feel development should be done. Take the time that you need, please. So I hope this game comes out well. Because it looks like it's going to be pretty darn good. Alright, so I was trying to avoid this topic, but we need to talk about a situation that happened with the Binding of Isaac Rebirth. But we'll talk about that after this song. This song is Threshold by Austin Winter. It's from the Journey soundtrack. You can find it on Bandcamp. Journey is a property of Sony. You're listening to Progress Bar.
That is Threshold by Austin Wintery. You can find that on the Journey soundtrack, which is available on Bandcamp. That is property of Sony. You're listening to Progress Bar. My name is Anthony Shelton. I really tried to avoid this topic, but there wasn't a lot of news and, well, this topic was a little funny. So, Edmund McMillan, the guy who made Super Meat Boy, uh, The Binding of Isaac, uh, his team released The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth, kind of an expansion on the game. It was supposed to launch with 120 items, but it only came with 74. And players flipped out. Basically, the problem was a bug that happened during release. And Edmund knew about this, but decided to take players on a wild goose chase. Let me give you some backstory on this. The Binding of Isaac is known to have lots of collectibles to find, and the team tries their hardest to hide them well. But the problem is, data miners come in who simply can't wait to have stuff and dig into it and get into the game code and just find everything. So uh, it takes a ridiculously short time to find everything. And Edmund's at least what it looks like. He's never really been too thrilled with the practice. He outwardly says, ah, you know, it doesn't bother me. But he's gone on record saying, he, you know, it's disheartening. In fact, here's a quote from Kotaku. It says, it's disheartening. It sucks because we're going to start working on an expansion soon. I'm assuming he's talking about Afterbirth. But we sure as hell aren't going to effing take all the time that it took especially with Simon who tried his best to really bury this stuff so it would deter people from doing this but all they see is a challenge so they're going to dive right in and do it anyway I can say right now that I don't think the expansion is going to feature any buried secrets that anybody will care about so basically when Afterbirth came out the data miners went to work and discovered lots of items missing so Edmund decided to string people along for a while while the team patched it. People were coming up with all kinds of theories about how to get the items, going as far as looking up scriptures in the Bible and things like that, because you know, there's been certain ways you could find these items and hints and clues and stuff. And at one point on Twitter, Edmund did say a patch was coming, but didn't specify that the problem was items. He just said a patch was coming, and there might be some new stuff, maybe. He was basically making people think they weren't looking hard enough. So eventually a patch comes out and now a lot of people were were uh, strung along by Edmund. And now they weren't happy because he did string them along. I just have to say, y'all are gullible. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say y'all just would never have figured that out. I don't expect you to have figured that out because as far as you understood, Edmund's a trustworthy guy, right? He's been releasing games. He's been given the content that you like. Y'all buy The Binding of Isaac. <laughs> but at some point, I mean, come on now. 
y'all got y'all got played. That was pretty funny. I thought it was hysterical looking from the outside in. I, I, I'm like, this is kind of easy content. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I, I kind of want to stay away from this because this is a common problem we see. Gamers don't get everything exactly the way they want, so they complain. And it's the story over and over and over again. There's this, there's a few uh, quotes that Kotaku picked out from Reddit. And one of them says, then why don't acknowledge it right away? Acknowledge it being, why don't you acknowledge that it was a bug and just throw it out there? Another quote says, so he said it was all there and we were doubters for no reason when he knew full and well that it was a bug he needed to patch. I don't buy it. When a company has a bug that removes half of the promised content, they apologize and inform their users the rest will be available on, you know, X date. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think two people worked on the Binding of Isaac. Maybe there's a little bit more. But when we're talking about a company, I mean, really? There's a few people. These guys are really close to their fans. So... He pulled a little prank. A bug happened. He pulled a little prank. People went on the wild goose chase. Ha ha, y'all can't laugh. You got the stuff anyway. He patched it back in. Yes, it should have been there from the start. Yes, you quote unquote wasted your time. But come on now. Y'all can't say you weren't having a good time trying to figure that out. Give me a break. I love how... Fans like to pick what role they are at whatever given moment they choose. At one moment, it's, hey, you know, I'm, we're really good friends with the developers. You know, we really like the guys who made The Binding of Isaac. And we just have a great relationship. You know, that, that's kind of what they're internally thinking. As they're fans, you know, he responds, we get to respond back, he listens to us, yada, 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 and then all of a sudden, it becomes, oh, well, he should have told us uh, from the beginning that, you know, this was a bug instead of taking us on this wild goose chase. Oh, come on. (laughs) Calm down a little bit. Let the man have some fun. Y'all breathing down his back over something that really wasn't a big deal. Y'all paid for it, yes. Should it have been there? Yeah, sure, but it was a bug. I don't know if they could have anticipated that. You know, there's some things that's hard to figure out until it's out there in the wild. That's a legitimate thing. It happens. It happens to AAA. It happens to the smaller guys. It's just, it's game development. It is what it is. So he decided to have a little fun with y'all. Hey, stop being so gullible. (laughs) But at the same time, I do get it. You guys trusted him. And you should still trust him. Yes, he was having a little fun. Just trust him. It's no big deal. He was having a little fun. Why assume the worst? Oh, he was trying to play us. (laughs) When has he played you before? At what point were you played by Edmund McMillan and the other folk who designed The Binding of Isaac? When has he played you? 
When did he play you with Super Meat Boy? I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm just saying, when has he played you? When has he given you reason to not trust him? And then one thing happens, and he has a little fun, and then all of a sudden, his reputation is just down the toilet. Come on now. You can't just pick and choose what role you want. I mean, you can, but that's not fair to him. If y'all want to be buddy-buddy because he responds to you and he's open to talk with you and he shares his thoughts with you and then y'all just want to crush him because, oh, he's the company. Come on now. That's not fair. But, you know, I guess fans will be fans. But, yeah, I got a good kick out of it. I hope you did too. The song is The Pantheon. It's by Jesper Keed. This is from the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood soundtrack, which is available on something.com. S-U-M-T-H-I-N-G. You're listening to Progress Bar. is The Pantheon. It's by Jesper Keed. You can find that on the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood original soundtrack. And you can buy it at something.com S-U-M-T-H-I-N-G 
www.thepowerofsomething.com. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes in case you missed the show. Remember, you can join us live on Spreaker.com, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also listen on TuneIn Radio, and you can use the chat box there and chat with me. I need your help. I'm trying to get on the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. So if you could just take a quick moment, if you like the show, please give it a five-star review. Leave a short reason why you like it. That'd be really helpful. That way we can get more people in here talking about stuff. And just have a good old time talking about the games industry. Alright, so I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later.